Good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome to 2023. I know there's been plenty of that, but for me, this is an important day because it marks the, I don't know what's going on there with the sound. Um, work starts, starts really properly this week for me. I've been back to work, done a few little things. Um, I don't know, most people get some sort of break. Some of you might have only had the Christmas, New Year, holidays thing. Others might have had a big chunk. I get a big chunk because I work in a school. Thank you, Lord, for calling me to that. Um, and not to be a pastor in a church. <laughs> but um, today, this afternoon, we have our prayer retreat. So if you think of chaplains all around, well, certainly in Queensland, school chaplains will be meeting as groups for the next few days to... Uh, retreat away to enjoy, share stories, talk about it, but also to hear from God about the year to come and to get ourselves kind of grounded and set and in the mindset of what we're doing. I guess in a way um, that has kind of informing a little bit about what this message is about today because the year has begun and it's a new year. I like, I like the concept of a calendar. I like the way our calendar brings, we have years, we have weeks, we have days. There is a point where things begin for us, whether it be in a morning or whether it be a Sunday or a Monday, and there's a point where it ends. We've even changed the meaning of Friday to Fri-yay. You've seen that? Hey, Fri-yay, yay, it's Friday. Why? Because it's brought to an end something you know, that we've been through. And a year is great because we get, and I love that Christmas is at the end of the year, New Year, like we finish because we need a break. We can't just keep going, keep at it. And we need a reset, don't we? That's why it's so good in sports. We have second halves or we have periods. The, the game or the challenge is broken into bits because no matter how poorly you might have gone in the second in the first half you can get together you can have a break if you're a team you can take a break and you can reset replan and then launch again so I feel like I, I'm, I'm pumped I've had a good break sometimes we don't have great breaks all sorts of dramas and there, it hasn't been without its dramas but either way at the start of the year we get to reset we get to see what is coming, get ourselves together. And so uh, speaking today, I feel like that's, that's kind of the theme. What, how are we going to approach the new year? We've had a, we've, whatever has happened, I've got a little quote on my wall at work, and it says something like this. It says, um, <laughs> I'm trying to visualise it. It's really cool. It's like, it says, yes, yesterday, or the past is a ghost. The future is a dream. All we ever really have is right now. Now, so, so today, and, and there's going to be space at the moment. This is going to be interactive, not where you necessarily share, but... I'm going to ask something of you a little bit later. It's going to be very reflective. So Dave's prayed, but I'm going to pray too. 
And my prayer the whole time is simply, would you come now, Holy Spirit? Lord, yesterday is yesterday. Whatever dramas we had to deal with this morning, that's this morning. The past is a ghost. It's finished. And we don't know what's going to be happening over the next 20 minutes, let alone 20 years. But that can stay in the dream and the wondering. But for right now, we invite you, God, to sit with us and to share with us, to bless us, to reveal yourself to us in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. At the start of 2023, it all is laid out ahead of us. But for right now, let's see where we are. Last week, let's look at a little bit of the ghost, what's in the past. I just want to respect Neil's message from last week. I like how he came in and said, well, it's not going to be a fluffy one. It's going to be hard thinking. Who was here last week? Yep, okay, so you remember that. I'll bet you remember that. That was one thing. I tell you what, Neil, you know, often when preachers preach, and this has been tested actually, pastors, you speak to them on a Monday and you say, what did you preach about yesterday? They're the ones that prepared it, prayed it through, and they can't remember. They can't remember what they said yesterday, but we will remember last week's message. So I respect the research, the preparation that Neil put in, the reading and all of that that he put in to bring some teaching last week. I enjoyed that. I found that so engaging. It was not the sort of message that you would have at the start of the year to kick off, was it? I'm hoping that's what I'm doing today. We're going to bring that message today. But last week, man, that was engaging. It was well presented. It brought up new things and it raised questions in me and possibly in you that is going to require me to do some work. Have to do my own sort of reading and research, my thinking, my praying. It's in, it's, it will have shaped my future conversations with people when any sort of issue about women and church and that comes up. It's good, Neil. It's good work. And, and one, of the, one of the main things that really struck for me in this kind of, this little point that Neil was making last week really has set up this week, was about context and the importance of context. Because that was the, that's what shifted the meaning in the scripture for many of us, what Neil brought last week, was the importance of context. Now, in the New Testament, in fact, this is so important. It's absolute, context is absolutely crucial. Almost all of the New Testament is made up of letters, Paul writing letters, okay? Now, one of the cool things about why the, the relevance of those letters is because they're still so relevant for us today, aren't they? They're so relevant. You can read things, this is the beautiful thing about the Bible and, he, and Paul's letters, is you can read some stuff now and then in a year or so's time read it again and it means in something entirely different because our context has changed, the context of your life or whatever, we can read it. So it's always living. The Word of God is always living and breathing and, and those words that Paul wrote were inspired. 
They were inspired by God because I think that God could see the millennia to come. And so he inspired Paul in his writing of those letters. However, even as that is true, context is so important. We must remember that those letters were also not written for with, with us in mind. They were also, God had us in mind. But Paul also, with God, had a specific group of people in mind. And so context of that, that, that bloke sitting there, or one of his scribes might have been Luke who travelled around with him, who knows, or Paul actually in one point says, see, I'm writing this with my, in my own hand. He was writing with individuals in mind. And so we can hold a lot of that stuff fairly loosely. And to each different church, the church in Galatia, the church in Colossae, the church in Philippi, the church in Ephesus, is a specific letter for those people at that time. We we should always remember that because that truth can inform how we interpret some of that stuff. And that's what Neil brought to the surface beautifully last week. Context is crucial. But also in those letters... Um, or and the Bible in general, but also in these letters, is information that is truly for every believer, and that's what we're going to look at today. We're looking at a different letter uh, from Paul, and this is to the letter to the Colossians. That could go up now, actually, Neil, or whenever. It, it, it doesn't matter. We're going to read a big chunk of Colossians. Um, this... When, when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians, where a lot of that stuff, the, the Corinthian church, had, they, were, they had some problems. They'd been established for quite a while and they had already screwed things up when it comes to following Jesus. And Paul was addressing some of that. And here he's addressing to the church in Colossae. But it's, it, this, is, this is a scripture that, this is a passage that really we can... This can be to the worldwide church for the generations and millennia to come. Now, this book, I would encourage you sometime this week or this month in the year to come, you can read the book of Colossians in about 10 minutes. 10 to 15 minutes is all you need to read right through the book of Colossians. That is enough that we could do every single day if you wanted. And this, this letter is something that we would all do well to just invest in our, in our spirit, in our soul. We're going to read a chunk of that today um, and then see what the Lord wants to do with that in terms of the year to come. <clears throat> so let's frame it up. We'll use the scripture as a way to frame up... Um, to frame up the rest of what we want to say, share today. Colossians chapter 1, we're starting in verse 9. Oh, that's a good font. I should read it from here. I'll read it from here. That's better. All right, let's read together. I mean, you read silently. <laughs> it's not one of those. Anyway, let's go. Uh, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will 
through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Three things. How do we please the Lord? Bearing fruit in every good work. How good is the mercy centre? God bless you, Abby, and your management and the team of management, because we please God with our good works. That's what the Mercy Centre is about, folks. That is the relevance of the church, the people of God in the community. It's right here in the Word. That's why we do Mercy Centre stuff. Apparently, it went there. We please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. When you read Paul's stuff, you've got to take a deep breath. There's dodgy punctuation in that, but anyway. I'm going to read that. Let me, let me do that again. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. This is how we please him. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Folks, those verses alone, read them, meditate upon them, chew them, think about that. There is a framework for living the rest of your life. There is a framework for living the rest of 2023, the rest of this day. That could set a framework for life in general. He sums it up. Why did Jesus die on the cross? To forgive us of our sins. Yes, yes. Redemption. You could just think about the word redemption. What does that mean? To be redeemed. And to be brought out of a dominion, this is important. This sets up for us, not just the message for today, but remember, this message is about looking ahead, about who we are. We walk according to who we are. Whatever gate we have is according to who we are. He has taken us out of a dominion and brought us into, because we weren't there before. We weren't there before. You've got to go right back to the Garden of Eden when everything was perfect to have been there before. But we were out from there. When Adam and Eve were out of the Garden, all of humanity was out in the dominion of darkness, amongst the chaos of the wider world. That's where they went. You understand? That's where Adam and Eve went and all of their descendants after them find themselves in a dominion, domain. It's the domain of darkness. 
It's the domain of chaos, of, of a lack of understanding. Growing in the knowledge of God is how we please God because over there in the dominion of darkness is a lack of understanding. That's what Neil did last week, was brought some things to light and shone the light on something that previously was a little dark and misunderstood and we're ignorant about. And many people have written... Okay, oh, let me tell you a little story. Is that a friend of mine last week went and, went and preached at a church couple of hours from here. Now, at that church, they have some rules about how the ladies dress. And my friend's wife, she won't even go to that church because she's not going to adhere to the dress code. But that, for whatever reason, the pastor of that church has set up some rules, or the people, the eldership, whatever, have set up some rules about how the people dress. They have a dress code. Fair enough. You know, play on. How much of what we do in our life, the religious practices that we have, have been set up and without even our understanding, but in ignorance? This all makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you. I'm just throwing it out there. But our ignorance is associated with the dominion of darkness, where Adam and Eve were moved out. You're out in the darkness. You're now in the place of ignorance. And the Lord, through his Son, through Christ, has taken us out of the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. Amazing, isn't it? Somehow, somehow we're in this weird place where we are both in but not we're still messing around over here. And this is how it happened. Hang on, we're still messing around over here, but the light has come. Scriptures are full of this concept. And, and this is where the next bit goes. I don't even know where I was up to. Okay, here we go. Yeah, beautiful. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God. Just, let's just breathe this in, because Paul is describing... This, this splits the world, this bit. He is the image of God, the firstborn over all creation. In him, all things, all things are created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones or powers, rulers, authorities, all things have been, been created through him, for him. He is before all things. He's number one. Before things were created, remember, Jesus said to the Pharisees at one point, before Abraham was, I am. Paul is backing that up. Before, he is before all things, all, in, in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, the first from among the dead. He went, if ever there's a dominion of darkness, it's hell, Hades, you know, 
There's another one that starts with G, Gehenna. I nearly said Gethsemane. He went there too as a place of darkness. And Jesus went right there. While he's in the tomb, he's not just lying in state. He's in the spirit. And he goes to the darkness. He goes there and he ministers. Whatever that meant, there's lots written about what that meant. What did he do in those times when his body was in the tomb? Where did he go? He went there and he tore the gates off Hades and death. He overcame that. He's the firstborn among the dead. He went there and he tore the gates off so that he could be the first to come out. It's huge when we think about this, when we dwell on it. And I've had the opportunity to be dwelling on it, so I'm a little bit ahead of you in that. But my encouragement is eat this stuff over the next little while. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. So the Father invests the entirety of who God is in the human the man, the, the baby, the baby. How weird is and wild is this? All the fullness of God is vested and brought into that container of a baby that grows up as does the normal growing of a human being. Did God die? God, God died that time on the cross. And God invested all the fullness of the deity is in him so that God could reconcile to himself through himself as Christ all things. All things includes time. All things includes the generations to come, you and I. The generations that have come before us, the ghosts of the past, us right now in the present, and the dreams and the generations to come. That's how important this is to God. He is above everything. He is beyond time as we are bound into time. He is beyond rulers, powers, principalities, the, the wrestling that we have with the dominion of darkness. He's beyond it. He transcends it, even as much as he's right in the dirt. I love the idea that Jesus walked around in the dirt. God is in, he, there is nothing that is beyond God's vision. There is nothing that is beyond his will. There is nothing that is beyond his capacity. It's important. We can understand this. This provides the ground upon which we can stand, folks, as believers. Let's keep going. Oh, it's heavy reading this. Verse 21. Once you were... It's up there somewhere. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, 
without blemish and free from, free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. I think I finished there. We are reconciled by Christ's physical body through death so that we can be presented holy without blemish, without the dirt that of the darkness, without ignorance. This is God's purpose. Is this is what it means to be drawn out of that kingdom, out of that dominion, that place of chaos, ignorance, misunderstanding, accusation. You know, one of the names for the deceive for, for Satan is the accuser. I think that's actually what Satan means, the accuser, is out of that place into this place, the kingdom of the son he loves. This is who we are. If we, will be, if we continue in our faith, established. Now, this is, this is what marks the people of God. Here's a descriptor of the people of God. They are established, they are firm, and they do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Paul has just described something of the gospel, but let's just look at that for a moment. Established and firm, there is hope held out to us in the gospel. Folks, This is what sets us apart from us. This is what sets us apart from us. That makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? All right, let me tell you a little story. Hopefully, I do have time. That's rare. A couple of weeks ago, I had a big argument with someone. And the reason it was an argument is because this person has caused such a lot of grief in my life. And it's not so much them, but you can't separate it from them, but it's their own fears and worries and garbage, let's say, that I'm apart from. I've, I've kind of gotten out of that, but I still had to deal with all of this that's going on for them. And we had a big argument because they just wanted to, like, it was frustrating because I had to deal with all of their rot. You know what I mean? It's, that's, that's your rot. I don't want to deal with that. But now you're forcing me to deal with your rot, your fear. Your worries, and that's affecting my life. Man, I was, I was angry. And it wasn't just about the details of our argument. It was about that because it was the reality of that. And in the end, like, I was just like, you know, whatever. And I just went along with their plan for the sake of continue, not, not making it bigger than it needed to be. Boy, was I angry. And I was frustrated 
And for the next few days, all this stuff, these thoughts that I've had in the past, these frustrations, my, you know, this, I hope, you know what, I hope it turns to garbage for you. I hope that if if that's your plan, I hope that goes badly for you. These are my thoughts. I could feel myself thinking this stuff. You know what? You just reap what you're, you know, I want that, you know. It's frustrating. I wanted to kick their butt. I really did. I was saying, do you know, this is the us that I'm talking about because I'm going to presume that I am you and you are me and we are the same in terms of people like, ugh. Do you get like that? I know I'm not on my own because I speak to a lot of people. <laughs> I speak to a lot of people and I hear the, the, the darkness that's in them. And the, a couple of weeks ago, I was confronted with that same darkness that's in me because that's us. That is the world. Man, I was angry with this person. You know, Kirk said once, our, our, our leader, Kirk, he was sharing with me once about how frustrating it was sometimes dealing with people. And the Lord said to him, people do people things. That's all it is. People are just people. This is what I was getting at before about the fact how the letters of Paul and that can be relevant to us today is because the people of the first century that Paul was writing those letters to are exactly the same as us. Obviously not entirely the same. We're different things. You know, there's, there's things that separate us. Technologies evolve. Or you, you get it. But the heart of people does not change. Do you know Why? It's because when Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, where did they go? Out into the beautiful earth to exercise, well, not the dominion that they had before. They'd lost that. So now, as God said to them, you're cursed. This is what's going to happen for you now. You're going to have to wrestle. You're going to have to... It's going to be hard for you now. But the mission hasn't changed to exercise dominion over the earth. That's not oppression over the earth. That's dominion to manage the world. But you are out in that darkness. And so for the rest of time, human beings... Let me just back that up. I'm going to eat those words, so I won't say them. For the rest of this epoch of time... Human beings, including us now and however long this continues, we are born in a culture, a spiritual place that is marked by the dominion of darkness. This is where we are. It's perfectly understandable that human beings, you and I, will behave like this. Human beings, we pursue our own ends. The word is just basically talking to believers in Jesus about, well, this is how to conduct yourselves. This is the way that you are to see life. This is the way. We are able to discover a new way because over here, in the normal way, people are religious, 
people are selfish, people are manipulative. You feel it? Who's manipulative? Come on. We are all, we are all guilty of using some sort of power and authority that we have to manipulate something in the lives of others, aren't we? That's how we work. This is the nature of our world, and it's okay. For us as Christians, our identity is found in the fact that in the spirit, we've been lifted out of that and into the kingdom of light. Now we don't need to be ignorant completely, as ignorant, but we're still in it. This is our wrestle. This is what sets us up. Is that unlike many of those that we live and work amongst, we are people of light. So we don't have, we don't have to do, we don't have to do the people's stuff anymore. So here I am, you know, annoyed and frustrated with my old nemesis. I'm angry, I'm annoyed. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for in me, because somewhere else in the Word it says, Paul writes, take prisoner or lay hold of take captive your thoughts. Most people don't think about their thinking. You don't have to be a Christian to have metacognition. You don't have to be a believer in God. There's plenty of people who don't know God who who lay hold of their thoughts. And there are plenty of people who are believers in God who don't lay hold of their thoughts, who don't arrest. A good word is to arrest your thoughts. Now, to arrest something, you know what it means to be arrested? Sorry, maybe some. Neil, I'm really talking to Neil. Okay, forget, don't worry. But you understand what it means to arrest something, is that it is, that thing is bound and held and it loses its freedom. That whether it be a person or in this case a thought, so we capture our thoughts and we arrest it. And that's what the Holy Spirit did for me. It just made me aware of what I was thinking and the effects of that thinking. Because for days I was like, I was like I was just on edge. I was annoyed. And, if I, and as I thought about what I'd been thinking, I could see a, a, digre- a falling apart. My thoughts were getting darker, starting to spiral and get low. So this is what the Lord did. This is what he does for us. And this is what can set us up for 2023. Is that he reminded me of this. It reminded me of that. And what happened there 
Because what happened at the cross changed me. Now, here's the opportunity where you get involved. I invite you to close your eyes and think back to the ghosts of the past. We're looking back into the past. As we're planning and as we look ahead to the future, right now we're going to think for a moment about the past. Take a deep breath and consider when you met Jesus. Remember. Remember where you were. Now this can be that moment when you prayed a prayer or it might be what happened one time when you were praying. If you know God, I'm not going to presume everyone here today is, and if you don't know God, then just bear with us. I'll bet you've met God. God has spoken to all of us. Sometimes we don't recognise that it's him. But remember, folks, remember meeting Christ? What happened for you? All of our stories are beautifully unique because we are unique. But that cross, that happened. God, in whom all the fullness was contained in the body of a man named Jesus. We can go back and we can see it and he hung on that cross and he bled out and even God submitted himself to the power of death and he died so that death could be overcome. Listen to that. He died in order that death itself could be overcome. Remember when you saw him? Remember? Remember when you met Christ? What did he do in your life? How did that affect you? What happened at the cross? What has happened to the world because of the cross? There's a word I'm thinking of. It starts with F. What is that word? Scott, what's that word? Yes, freedom. That's a, that's a good F word. Forgiveness. Faith. Jesus' faith in the Father. That freedom. I'm thinking now, if you're sitting there looking and remembering and reflecting when you met Jesus, the consequence was freedom. Thanks, mate. wasn't the word I was thinking of, but that starts into the next bit. So the other week, as I was sitting in that moment, reflecting on my anger and reflecting on my thoughts, the Lord reminded me, and this is how he set me free. As he reminded me of the cross, reminded me of the fact that just like that person who is living just according to their stuff, they are me and I am them. 
except for one thing. I have said yes to the power of forgiveness and I have been set free. So in that moment, in that moment, okay, you can open your eyes, otherwise you're going to go to sleep. Ah. In that moment, I just stopped where I was and I just reminded myself I reminded the spiritual powers and forces and authorities, the principalities in the air. I reminded the spirit world and I reminded my own mind and I reminded myself, I said, no, now I forgive. And I, I prayed, I just said it, I spoke it out because there's power in the spoken word. And I said, I forgive that person. And I just paused and reflected, I just released them from any obligation that I think they have to me. I release them from my... It's not like whatever. They can... I don't care, to be honest, about what happens to them, but I must be free. And I'll tell you, the weight that came off my shoulders, even as I was praying that, the bite, the bitterness, the the guile that was in my thoughts and in my words were immediately evaporated, the power of forgiveness... And I can tell you, I can tell you stories about what a dirtbag I am and can be. And I don't mind. I can tell those stories easily. Why? Because I'm me. I'm just a person. But I'm free, free and I'm forgiven. And I can forgive myself because God has forgiven me. Listen to this right now. This is the, pretty much the end. Is what you saw there. When you were imagining, or some of you were dropping off to sleep, but for those of you that were remembering meeting Christ, that, remember him. That's what sets us up now for 2023. This is your invitation and mine. Context brings perspective. And this is how we view the world. This is how God views us through a bloody cross, through the blood of Christ. He now sees us through that blood And we are free so that we can see the world through that same grid. Does that make sense? My blessing and my invitation and my encouragement to you today is, and we're about to have a time of what we would call ministry time, but there's going to be a moment now where we can all engage that right now. I'm not throwing just a concept to you so that, oh, go out and think about these things because I know once we get out that door, life's going to happen and we're going to have to engage it all again. But in this moment, consider the year to come or the week to come, the days to come. How will we approach? How will we approach that? Jesus sent, he sent them out. Who was talking about that? Was that last week? He sent them out. When he sent out his disciples, he sent them out. I'm sending you out as, as sheep amongst wolves. I'm sending you out. And, you know, this is all, you, you know this, is they're going to persecute you, they're going to kill you. This is what he was telling his disciples. I'm sending you out. Sending you out. Well, we're about to head out. We're going out. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. 
all you need to be, all we need to be to, to please God in every good work and grow in the knowledge of God. And the third one I can't remember off the top of my head, not my own way. All we need is to just remember who we are. This is what sets us apart. Is that we're not stuck. We have another option. We can still mess around. This stuff still happens, but we can lay hold of our thoughts and remember and, and step forward into any given moment. It can happen every moment. It can happen every day. We can arrest that our lives. And right now we're going to arrest our lives. We have arrested. You have arrested yourself by sitting here right now. Remember who we are. I'm going to pray now, invite everybody to stand, and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, the invitation is to, to remind yourself. And if you would like, you are welcome to come out the front. And if you see people out, out the front here, come and stand with them and pray for one another. Minister to one another to remember, to remember the power of the cross to remember who we are. So for the year to come, we're being reminded this morning to remember and then go and live, live free, to forgive. All right, would you stand? And I'm going to pray. And as I pray, feel free, please come out the front. And people will pray with you and you can pray with them. We're all in the same boat. None of us perfect. Yet in Christ, perfect. Hmm. Come out the front. Come and receive the forgiveness of God. Come and receive, in coming out the front, come and, come and receive the cleansing of the power of the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of God. And step, shake off those things that would bind you, those things that would hold us back, those just people things, life things. Lord God, I thank you for the cross I thank you for the end of last year and the beginning of a new year. We thank you for this moment of reflection, of consideration. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, of who you are and who we are in you. And for all of us, Lord, here now, we come to you now. We come to the cross. Without blemish, free of guilt. We would be free. Would you come?
come if you would be free. Come if at this stage of the year you would you would reset. Reset spiritually. Remind yourself, remind us, Lord, of who we are. Remind us of our freedom. Remind us of the conversations that we've enjoyed with you in times past. Bless us as we pray. Bless us as we go. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, at all the earth rejoice. The Godhead, three in one, Father, Spirit, Son. He's a lion of Judah, and he's the sacrificial lamb of God. How great is our God. Come to God. Come before him today. Come before him. Let's pray together. Let's worship him. We're just going to play that song. And the invitation is to come. If you need healing, come and be healed. In your body, healing in your mind, the reframing of our mind, healing in your soul, come now.